Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Together, Almighty God, thank you for a chance to be in your house, to worship you, and, and to celebrate your love, to come into that presence, that holy presence, and be transfixed upon you allowing you to come and move into our lives and to change us, to heal us, to transform us, to forgive us, to redeem us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being here this morning. We pray that as you meet with us, you might make us more like you. Lord, even now we ask that you prepare us to sit around your table, to celebrate your incredible love, but also to remind ourselves of what love really, really means as you were willing to give your all for us. Lord, help us to be more like you and to give our all for each other. And we thank you for this time of worship, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from John chapter 21. Uh, Once again, uh, this is the last week we're going to talk about Easter uh, as we continue through our post-Easter fallout series, uh, talking about what happens after Easter and how there seems to be that letdown. I hope this year you've continued to see Christ at work in your life in some powerful ways, because after Jesus rose again from the dead, that wasn't it. Uh, Christ continued to reveal himself to others, and it was just incredible. I also noticed uh, this morning as I was thinking through this again, uh, frequently Jesus was eating with his disciples. Did you notice that? Frequently eating with them. Uh, Once again, a a realization that Baptists aren't too far out. I mean, after all, we're going to eat again this morning. Uh, But many of those times we were... Uh, they, the disciples were sitting around a table sharing with Jesus. And this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, you're going to sit around the table with us, with him. Um, and it's a, a special time to remind yourself of all he is and all he's done for you and how much he loves you and how much he calls us to love one another. So I encourage you to sit around the table with me and celebrate that love, but also remind yourself what that love costs. Uh, This morning, our scripture lesson, uh, Jesus had appeared to the disciples while they were out fishing. He called them in and they ate fish for breakfast there on on the shore. And then Jesus, at some point after they had finished eating, pulls Peter aside. And in verse 23 we read, I'm sorry, in verse 15 we read, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he says, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing this God's most holy word. For Jesus, for a chance to open your word now and to listen to your voice through it. Thank you for being here, for ministering to us, for already hearing and answering our prayer. And now, Lord, uh, help us to still our hearts, to hear your voice and respond to you. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I ask that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except except for your incredible grace. So would you receive all the praise and the glory. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we've been talking about the post-Easter fallout, and um, of course, if you overindulged in the candy this Easter, uh, you may have experienced the post-Easter blues, uh, all that sugar, that high, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, and then you get the post-Easter bulge, and and it, it moves on. But we've been talking a little bit different perspective of what happens after Easter. We've been talking about the way our relationship with Jesus has an opportunity to actually grow deeper after Easter, um, after that high of remembering Jesus walking out of that tomb alive, but then stopping and, and beginning to reflect on what's that mean for us now? What's that mean today? Not just that day, but what happens the next day? And the day after that, we've seen Jesus appear over and over again. And I, I, I'll say once again, I believe that Jesus continues to appear to us um, and, and make himself available to us uh, so that we can be transformed even more by him. We, we talked about uh, the struggle that sometimes we have post-Easter of unbelief. Uh, there's all that push to talk about the resurrection and how great it is, but after that gets by, then we go back to our daily lives and we, we struggle with those times when, we, when the impossible faces us and we struggle with unbelief. And then last week we, we talked about doubts, how sometimes doubts begin to fill our minds and, uh, and so in the midst of those doubts, Jesus shows up to remind us that he's real and that he's true and we can trust in him. This morning, in this morning's passage, things change a little bit in that Jesus now gives his response. You see, we've been looking at our response. This morning, we're going to look at Jesus' response for us to his resurrection. And, and the, the word we're going to use is redemption. Now, um, a buddy of mine came to our wedding um, many, many years ago. Um, in Maine, and he brought his family, and they decided to make a vacation of it. And in Maine, there's a county named after us, Waldo County. And as he was traveling, he made his way through Waldo County, and he came to the place that he thought would be where I was at, and it was called the Waldo Redemption Center. And he took a picture of it, and he said, I thought I was there. And of course, he was still a long way from where we were. 
if you know anything about redemption centers in Maine, they have very little to do with your spiritual life. They have everything to do with those bottles that you get. And you take your bottles and cans to the redemption center and you offer your cans and bottles and they offer you financial gain in exchange for these bottles and cans. And of course, if you have enough, it's an incredible moment when you bring in your 500,000 cans and you get five bucks. But it's, a great <coughs> it's not quite that bad. Um, but, but that's re- what redemption is all about, isn't it? Where you bring something and you get something, you, you get something in return for that. It's, it's redeemed. It's exchanged. Something is changed. Something is different. And in this morning's passage, what we see is Jesus bringing that gift of redemption. And that's part of what the resurrection is all about. Jesus is offering us redemption. The crucifixion offered us redemption for our sin. But the resurrection offers us new life for our old life. So in in the resurrection, we see a powerful opportunity for redemption. Now in our passage this morning, Jesus reveals that redemption through some questions. And, and I, I find it fascinating as I've looked again through the resurrection stories, Jesus, there were a lot of questions asked. Did you notice that? Questions that seem really easy. Questions that when I read, I think, well, that's a foolish question. For instance, you may remember when Jesus rose from the dead and the ladies come to the tomb, And the angel says to them what? Why do you seek the living among the dead? You remember that question? I always read that and I thought, well, that's a foolish question. They didn't seek the living among the dead. They sought the dead among the dead. They thought Jesus was dead. Now, why does the angel ask that question? To point out the fact that Jesus is alive. He's not dead. So why do you seek the living among the dead? Last week, Jesus approached the disciples. Here he is alive, standing in front of them. And he looks at them and he says, So why are there doubts in your minds? Now, I think that's kind of a foolish question. I mean, we'd never seen Jesus resurrected before. I mean, obviously, it's like, wow, I, you know, I'm trying to put this all together, Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> And yet Jesus wanted them to challenge their doubts. And that question forced them once again to do that. I always think I have the right answer. I always think I have the answer. I knew it. Um, And some of those questions are easy, but the answers are not quite so easy. Because if I'm going to seek the living among the dead, then I have to believe that Jesus is alive. And if I'm going to not doubt, then I have to trust Jesus and I have to be able to trust Him in all the circumstances and not doubt. In this morning passage, Jesus asks a really simple question to to John, or not to John, to Peter, I'm sorry. A real simple question. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Now, I just want you to put yourself in, in Peter's shoes a minute. And Jesus comes to you this morning and he asks you the question, do you love me? What would be your answer? Just think of that a minute. What would be your answer? If Jesus came here this morning and said, I just want to know, do you love me? 
If he appeared, resurrected, alive, and said to you, do you love me? What would be your answer? Now my guess is most everybody here would look at him and say, Jesus, I love you. And that was Peter's answer. But when you answer that question in such an easy way, Jesus is going to challenge you. Because you see, he doesn't want you just to answer the question. He wants to change you with that question. He wants to offer you something more. You see, it's what we call redemption. So Jesus comes to Peter. Did you notice what he calls Peter? He looks at Peter and he says, Simon, son of John. You remember who Simon was? Simon was Peter's name before Jesus looked at him and called him the rock. Simon was that old name. That name he was given by his father, John. And Jesus reminds him of who he was. You were Simon, son of, Simon, son of John. He asked him. And then he asked him three times. Do you love me? And we we all know why he asked him three times, right? Or we think we know anyway. He asked him three times because how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Jesus is bringing to Peter's mind who he was. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And in the first question, Jesus even pushes it a little further. You see, there was that day when, Jesus, when Peter sat with, with Jesus' disciples and they sat there and Jesus was talking about how he was going to be arrested and how they were all going to fall away. You remember what Peter said? He said, Jesus, if everyone else falls away, I'm going to be there with you. 100% Jesus, you and me, bud. It's us, man. Now that's a paraphrase. They didn't say bro back then. Uh, and so here Jesus asked him, Peter, Simon, son of John, he says, do you love me more than these? You see, Peter had proclaimed his love for Jesus that he would never leave him, and yet he did. If everyone else fell away, he wasn't going to leave them. But he did. You see, that's who Simon, son of John, was. But Jesus is calling him to something more. Jesus wants to change him. Jesus wants him to realize what love is really all about. Love is striving to be more. To care more. To give your all. What did Jesus do on the cross? He looked down at those whom no one else would love. He looked down on those who would beat Him. He looked down on those who would leave Him. He looked down on Peter who would deny Him. He looked down on Simon, son of John, who would deny Him. And He was willing to die for them. Because that's what love is really all about, right? Love requires sacrifice, doesn't it? You you don't believe me? Try to love somebody. One of the problems in our world is uh, they think that love is is a feeling that you do for a while or for a moment. 
But Jesus taught us that love is that sacrificial thing, that thing that says, I will love you no matter what. And I'm willing to, Jesus said, lay down your life. You see, what Jesus said was, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his, one's life for his friends. You see, Jesus understood that love is a sacrificial moment. When we sit around the table, uh, we, we reminded ourselves of Jesus' love. And the, the epitome of that love was that Jesus was willing to die for us. Because that's what love is really all about. And that's how much Jesus loves you. And that's the kind of love Jesus calls us to have for Him. The kind that says, I'm willing to give my life for Jesus. I'm willing to do whatever Jesus would have me do. I want to live Jesus' life, not mine. And that's the life of sacrificial love. You with me? We've got to go quickly. So, if if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to receive this redemption, we have to have a change of heart. We have to take Jesus' heart in our lives and allow Him to take our broken hearts. You see, that's one of the things that keeps us from having that sacrificial love, isn't it? Our hearts have been broken. Uh, I've loved people and had them spit in my face. Not necessarily literally, but figuratively. Uh, Where I I put it all out there and and they just came and they trampled on it. Have you ever had that happen? Put your heart right out there and somebody comes along and just tramples on it. <clears throat> and walks away. And you, you kind of sit there and you go, well, that taught me something. I'll just have to protect that heart. I won't let anybody touch it again. And when we do that, then we lose track of what the love Christ has for us to, to experience. Because the love Christ has for us is sacrificial. You, you put it out there, and you realize when you put it out there, someone may trample on it. But in the midst of that, you continue to love them. That's what Jesus did for us. And He wants to change our hearts. Second of all, Jesus tells Simon, son of John, to, to be different, to feed and to care for his sheep and his lambs. Do you remember the, the uh, skit guy skit? I love that skit where um, Jesus comes to Peter, and uh, Peter is, they're having this debate back and forth, and, and at one point Jesus says to Peter, feed my lambs, and Peter says, you know Jesus, that's what I really like about you. I didn't even know you had lambs. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and of course Jesus isn't talking about physical sheep, is he? He's talking about human beings who need His love and His care. And so there has to be a change in Peter's heart. You see, it has to be no longer all about Peter. It now has to be about others. And Jesus said, if you do it to the least of these, you do it unto Me. And I I believe that's what He was talking about when He was talking about sheep and lambs. Because He's talking about the least of those. Those that aren't so important to everybody else, but they're important to Jesus Christ. And it's hard to love those. But if that's our goal, we begin to discover who Jesus really is. And He begins to transform our goal from ourselves to them. From what we can get to what we can give. He begins to transform us so that we're no longer caught up in ourselves, but we're now caught up in serving others and making a difference in this world and in our lives. 
You see, too often we look at others and we decide whether or not they're worthy to be loved. We look at those who, who are <clears throat> broken and we say, well, they're broken. I don't want anything to do with them. I want, I want to be with someone who has power, who has strength, who has the abilities to make me feel good. But Jesus said, go and care for those who are the least, those who are broken, those who are lost. Those who are different than us. Even those who would hurt us and be our enemies. Jesus calls us to love them. That should be the goal of our lives. And when He comes to us, He begins to change us. And He changes us from those who are self-centered goals to those who are other-centered goals. And when I think of Peter, I see that happening in his life. Do you see that? You see, before the resurrection, he's all worried about what he looks like and how he can make a difference and how he can take over. And when he comes to Jesus, the resurrected Christ, Jesus says, no, Peter, it's not about you, it's about me. And reaching those others. Reach out. He wants to change us. Finally, Jesus says to him, follow me. Jesus says, follow me. You know, it's interesting, the longer I follow Jesus, the more I realize that he frequently wants me to go places I don't want to go. Did you ever notice that? I'm okay with following Jesus as long as the path is straight and we're good and everything's going well. I'm okay with that, Jesus. You want, you want me to follow you? I, I, I can do that. But too often there's these places where you, you have to struggle and, and it's a place I don't necessarily want to go. And Jesus says to follow me. And then I have to decide. You see, when, when we decide to follow Jesus, we decide to take up His life instead of ours. To go where He wants us to go rather than where we want to go. To focus our eyes on Him instead of on us. That He might be glorified. So it's no longer about us, it's about Him. We're looking to Him. We're trying to figure out where He wants. And look what He says to Peter. He says, Peter, <clears throat> when you are old, you'll, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and will lead you where you do not want to go. Now wait a minute, Jesus. I said I'd follow you, but I'll follow you as long as you go where I want to go. Jesus says, no. If you're going to follow me, you go where I want you to go. Wherever that might be. And you see the struggle there is then we have to decide. Are we willing to be changed by Christ and do it His way? Or do we want to do it our way? Are we willing to follow Him? Some of you just graduated. Congratulations. Uh, we're excited for you. Um, we're also hoping that as you take your next step, you're asking God to direct that step. Because you see, it's easy. Our world tells you, go for this, go for that, go for the money, go for the prestige, go for the power. Jesus says, follow me. And that may lead you somewhere very different. Follow him. And he'll make a difference in your life. First Peter tells us that we should live uh, honorably among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good deeds which they observe, 
glorify God in the day of His visitation. You see, if we're seeking Christ, if we're following Him, then our desire is to glorify Him, not ourselves. And our focus begins to change. The focus in our lives begins to change. And He changes us. He changes our heart. He changes our goals. And He changes our focus. And this morning there was a whole lot more I wanted to say. But what I want you to hear is that Jesus came to redeem you. That's His answer to the resurrection. That's His purpose of the resurrection. To give you a life worth living. A life that's not about yourself. But it's about Him. A life that changes you. And makes you all that you can be. You see, if you're not living for Christ, you're only living part of your life. And quite frankly, you're probably only existing. But if you're living for Christ, He's beginning to work in you a new thing and change you into something new, something that He created you to be in the first place. He wants you to be the rock. He wants you to be the, the, <clears throat> the hope of this world. He wants you to be His representative. And when you begin to do that, He begins to make your life worth living. And that's what we need more than anything else. Because our world is so caught up in itself that it can't even live anymore. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we ask this morning that you would change our hearts, that our desire would, to lo- would be to love you more. We pray, Lord Jesus, this morning that you would change us, that our goal would no longer be about ourselves, but our goal would be to care for others that you put in our path, to share with them your love, that they might know the grace and the peace that you've given us. Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that you would change us, that you would redeem us so that our focus would no longer be on ourselves, but our focus would be on you, that we would follow you wherever you would lead us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the hope that you give us for transforming us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.